Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros. We are in Los Angeles, California during the Oscars. Uh, bringing back some of your favorite guests and, and most requested that haven't been on the show. Uh, Jared Taylor, Mr. Burt Koontz, and I have flown out for two weeks. And uh, we'll be hitting you with some of the best guests we've ever had on the show in our history. And we're unbelievably proud of these episodes. Uh, that being said, we weren't going to make the celebrities uh, sit with us as we stroked our dick to strike force and Black Rifle Coffee and talked about every sexual position under the sun in which we describe our sponsors. But we also didn't want to take that out of the show. So we're going to do it for you right now. Uh, first and foremost is BlackRifleCoffee.com. Don't drink this before sex. Um, you don't want a, a, a dirty bed. You don't want a brown bed to start your day. Uh, usually a, a good cup of coffee, a fine cup that's worth its weight in gold, uh, will give you the healthiest shit of your life. And nothing's going to give you that shit better than BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee is uh, is a premium roast-to-order coffee. It means they make it in-house, bag that shit up fresh, and then ship it out to you. Um, I'm, look, I, I've, I've been a fan even you know before they became our chief sponsor to the show. I've been getting this shit for like a, a year and a half shipped to my house. They got K-Cups. They got bags. Um, caffeinated as fuck and just black are my jam. Again, the Coffee Club of the Month is, is the greatest god, goddamn thing on, on earth because it just gets dropped off at your house the same day every month. You don't have to think about it. And it's about four or five bucks cheaper than Costco. Uh, also, their apparel is, is, is as good as it gets. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for a one-time use of 20% off. Can't say enough great things about Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Uh, Strike Force is, is, is my go-to. It's my go-to lube now. Uh, not only do I drink it to workouts, not only does it last longer than five-hour energy, but it gives me that boner that I need to get me going through the day. Uh, Strike Force Energy comes in four amazing flavors. We're talking about uh, uh, lemon, orange, original, make America grape again. Um, it's a tasty, tiny little tin pouch. You rip it open, squeeze it, goes into every liquid available. Uh, and you can kick the can, kids. You do not need the fucking can anymore. You can get rid of Red Bull, Monster, Kickstart, all that jazz. Find a wedding in your area and donate all those cans to tie behind those fucking cars because you don't need them anymore. Go to StrikeForceEnergy.com. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off. Uh, they also have a subscription to the month club, and they ship everywhere in the entire world. Uh, it's my pre-workout. It's my fucking jam. I drink that shit every day. The grape's my favorite. Next up, we got ghostbed.com. Sleep so good, it's scary. Um, also, like if, if you've ever fucked a ghost, I know we talked about Bobby Brown who said he got, he got raped by a ghost one night. Um, this is the bed to do it on. This mattress is not only human-friendly, but it's ghost-friendly. Um, so if, if you're out there and you're, you're saying to yourself, Oh my God, I, I hear a window opening or, or some, some billiards cracking on the pool table downstairs. I think there might be a ghost here. Uh, chances are 
you can invite them up and fuck them right in this bed. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Um, and that'll that'll give you all the sweet deals you're looking for. Typically, they're giving $50 off and two free pillows. But I know the deals have gotten bigger because their beds have gotten even bigger and better. They also have a cooling bed that is out now. That is, uh, it's about 15 degrees cooler. Um, that way, if, you're, if your wife is bitching about the thermostats, uh, about cranking it up, you can buy her this bed, throw some fucking... Uh, sheets on it and she'll never know that the bed is cooling itself so you can let her hike it up to 75 and be a total bitch i'm kidding uh love you babe uh go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros and uh get them dills they've also got a new craftmatic one that's that's fucking dope as shit it's got like usb plugs in it and, and flashlights and the whole shit uh and they got a pay as you go plan so if you're saying to yourself, hey, I really can't afford a mattress now, uh, this pay-as-you-go plan is is the one for you, and uh, they can space it out over a couple couple years. Next up, we got Grill Your Ass Off. These are new to the show, but not new to my heart. I've been following these guys on Instagram for about a year, and uh, I started liking all their posts, and they were like, fuck, dude, we love drinking bros. We love to be on drinking bros. I'm like, fucking awesome. Grill Your Ass Off has got the best seasonings for meat. I'm talking about chicken uh, steak, lamb, you name it. Uh, they've got they've got seasoning for every fucking meat you could possibly imagine, and they're hundred uh, percent veteran owned. Um, so go to grillyourassoff.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off, um, and you will not be disappointed. We, we've we've all been using this seasoning for a while, uh, and I had no idea they were they listen to Drinking Bros. But uh, I, I love their their Instagram. That grill your ass off. Uh, Instagram is fucking incredible, and uh, and their their seasoning look it lives up to the hype and it lives up to the pictures. They also have uh, some like some cooking videos on YouTube that are fucking entertaining with a bunch of hot girls. Um, so you can't go wrong there. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for fifteen percent off. Next up, we've got the Caillou app. That's K A Y U. This is a free app that is now available everywhere. Um, uh, starting March, it started March 10th. So March 10th, uh, this this app drops onto the world. What it does is it combines travel, lodging, uh, fucking. Let's say you want to meet up like Tinder. Uh, you're going to a concert. You're going to Coachella. You can split the cost for everything. Uh, you can see who you're who you're sharing a hotel with, or or, or maybe going on a cruise together. Um, you you can split it up with some people, see their ratings. I'm I'm not saying you can or cannot fuck them. Um, you're your own person. You make your own fucking decisions in this life. But I I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of hookups on there. Uh, but also, like, let, let's just say you're, you're, you want to go bird watching or hiking. You can find some people on there, hook up, see the ratings, make sure they're not serial killers, and uh, and get loose with them. Uh, that's K A Y U. Go to the, the 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 app store and type in the Caillou app and grab that shit. Um, they're having a, a St. Patrick's Day party too in, in Charleston, South Carolina. If you show up. And you have the app at the doors. You, you get to drink for free at all the bars, which is a real nice goddamn thing. Uh, plus, Caillou was started by uh, two, two Green Berets out of, out of Fort Bragg. Uh, so, so download the Caillou app. No strings attached. It's just fucking free. Uh, last but not least, we've got Sig Sauer. Uh, fine, some of the finest firearms in the biz. They're so great, they're not even giving a fucking promo code. They're just like, yo, we think we have the dope, dopest guns on the planet. Prove us wrong. Go to the website. Go to SigSauer.com and uh, and check out their assortments and uh, large, large collection of firearms. Uh, some of the best in the biz. 
And uh, they were also in, in, in the Christmas sketch uh, that, that Matt, Evan, and Jared did. Um, if you want to check it out, only 38 million people have checked it out. Um, so if you want to be 38 million and one, by all means, do it. And just know that they are using SIG in the fucking video itself. Go to SIGSour.com and peruse their catalog. Uh, this, this is going to be an awesome set of shows over the next, next couple months. We are live from Los Angeles. Uh, let's kick it off. Welcome to drinking bros. Hi. Wow. Hi. 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 Sunday afternoon vibes. Everybody's out getting brunch. We're here at an Airbnb. Just, just (laughs) fucking getting back to basics. Is what we're doing. Just going for it. We got a special guest here. We got Michael Brantz. Uh, he's one of our favorite writers on the planet. And uh, and he's created a couple shows, which <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you with those. We're going to start off with some of your writing hits. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about good start. Too this Fast, Too Furious. So glad I drove over here. <laughs> <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious, 310 to Yuma, which was Clayne Crawford's favorite movie he was on yesterday. Genius. Uh, you big fan of his? I am now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's there's a laundry list of TV shows that, that start off with with the same word for some reason. Uh, Chicago Justice. Man, I never put that together. Chicago Justice. That was short. Chicago Med. Yeah. Oh. 54 wow. episodes. Chicago PD. 102 episodes. Chicago Fire. Uh, massive, massive show, obviously. <laughs> Why Chicago? I never put that together. Ever. <laughs> You're joking me. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> if that's the case, I'd lo- I, I think I'd call it. I just I'd wrap it up right now. Oh and my god! Say goodbye to that's everybody. Insane. <laughs> Are you a big, Chicago, a big fan of Chicago? Uh, I, I, I am now again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lived there when I was little. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. And in the so, city itself, or a suburb? I don't remember even. I, 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 it was Deerfield. No, it's Deerfield. It's just, it's a suburb. It's a northwest. Suburb. I know. I know Deerfield. I was born in Peoria, Illinois. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I moved. I was little, but my dad grew up there. Uh, tons of family there still. But really, it, it came from that, and also when NBC and Dick Wolf had decided they want to do it. Uh, Are you on a first name basis with Dick Wolf? I mean, we did five years together. So. Oh, yeah. man. I've, won, I've always wanted to get, like, uh, have a, a tramp stamp on my wife that just says produced by Dick Wolf. Executive have you seen that? Dick, That's on. Dick Wolf. I've seen the hats. The oh, hats no, are there's, for sale. There's, somebody has a tramp stamp, exactly what you just said, <laughs> in the font and everything. That's, yeah. Yeah. For, for those at home who don't know Dick Wolf, who live on our fucking rock. Everybody knows. Yeah. I, one would think. Um, uh, he, he did uh, Law & Order. And look. Law & Order is... Um, with the exception of maybe Star Wars, the biggest financial thing, creative endeavor in the history of the world. Really? Yeah. Name, yeah. find any, I mean, we're, it's, you're conservatively starting at 10 or $15 billion, what that thing's Wow. Made. So yeah. think what features come close to that. I mean, Star Wars is probably the only thing. Well, yeah. I, I would I, say Walking Dead could be coming close. Walking I mean, Dead has made how many episodes? Uh, about a hundred, just over a hundred. I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. So Dick's Dick Wolf, made Dick's made over a thousand. I mean, what? Maybe a couple thousand. Maybe wow. two thousand. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. yeah, dude. Holy. Law and Order's been on for I feel like my entire life. Yeah. Um, oh, well, it, the for nineteen ninety one. Yeah. 
Yeah, Holy almost. Shit. That's that's yeah. over half my life. Yeah. Law and Order's been on the air, and, and it still continues to thrive. It does. SVU's in season twenty-one or whatever, and that's that was after Law and Order went twenty, and after and Criminal Intent went thirteen, and he had another one that went ten, and then the Chicago shows. Yeah, he, he is built of money. Um, I mean, so you're walking dead. Like, you're walking dead is like a, yeah. at least a zero behind. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he's yeah. laughing at the guy who created I, Walking and Dead. I don't, and so I don't, you don't have enough I don't money. know. I just know through merchandising and everything like that, right. Walking Dead has has killed as a franchise. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got look. They've got a spinoff going on now. Um, maybe one day, but basic cable doesn't put the money up. That's that's uh, primetime shows do. No, I mean, there's in the he was in the height of syndication. He yeah. created the idea of. Killing it in syndication, he didn't create it, but it, it, he was the master, master of it. <laughs> yeah, because um, when it went to TNT, the show got even bigger and bigger because everybody was catching up, right? And, and it was kind of before the Netflix age, yeah, way before. Right? Yeah, the, the, he he's really genius in one way, which is the, uh, the same year he sold Law and Order. He he did the networks were looking for thirty minute shows and sixty minute shows, which they kind of do now, but they wanted the opportunity to sell them as two thirty minute shows. So he, he went into the network with Law and Order, Night and Day, Life and Death, all of which, or I thought it might have been a diff, not called Life and Death, where the first 30 minutes was one thing, the second 30 minutes was another. So if you wanted to, you could sell them as two 30 minute shows. So he, <laughs> wow. and then the end, that just turned into, okay, well, the first half is the law, the second half is the court, and that's the way that spun out. But he, he he went in and I mean literally was just throwing shit against the wall if you ask me. And, and, <laughs> That's kind of what Hollywood dollars is. Of yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's kind of what Hollywood is. And if it sticks, ah, congratulations. Yeah. we kind of we did it. Right, right, right. But you never know going into these things. Like I'm sure with your first TV gig, you probably looked at it like this is it. I've made it. I'm going to be rich the rest of my life. It was. It was no. It was. Um, how long's a pilot? Fifty pages. Oh, that's easy. We'll do that. Yeah. It was. It was. Um, like I said, they came to. Uh, we got a phone call from an agent at WME where I'm wrapped in. I didn't know him as a TV agent. And he said, "Look, Dick and NBC want to do a show about firefighters. Are you interested in writing the pilot?" And we've said no to this. Uh, my partner Derek Hass, a former partner, and, and we had said no to this um, for years because it was it was always you want to write the pilot. Then to get all your points, you have to you know stay on the show for a year and yep. run the show and. I mean, our features were working. We were playing lots of golf, and quite honestly, we were making more money than our showrunner friends were. And we're like, that life doesn't look that great to us. But then when, when he came to us and said, "Will you do you want to write the pilot? They want feature writers. Before you say no, the, I can get you the kind of deal where you can just walk, write the pilot and you don't have to stay involved. And you won't get the play that you would get if you were in the show the whole time. Sure. But, it, it'll be enough and we're, we're like that sounds interesting and so but i was not a law and order guy and nor was my partner and so we went to go meet with dick kind of like with the perfect headspace of we really don't give a fuck you know we don't need the job right we're not sure we even want the job <laughs> and we certainly don't want to write fire of the week because we knew that's what law and order was you know and so um we walked in and not brash or whatever but we just you know we're just like he's like what do you want to do and we just said oh we want to do Hill Street Blues in a firehouse, you know, like a little meat on the bone, not just we're solving the crime of the fire or putting yeah. out the fire. Sure. And we didn't know this. Uh, Dick started on Hill Street Blues. He's like, that was my first writing job. Like, really? really? And yeah, yeah. Uh, shows you if you prepare, 
it'll really fuck you in life. You really have to go in completely unprepared and not ready <laughs> in for everything you do. In everything it you sounds do. like all of his military stories. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and Dick said, "That sounds great. Do that." And we're like, "Oh, okay, cool." And he said, "Where do you want to set it?" And we we had talked like for five minutes about it, and we had thought, and Rescue Me had just gone off the air, which was all New York and all nine eleven. Yeah. And we didn't want to like that. Did that really well. So then it was all right. Philly, Boston. I know Boston. There's now there's the Boston, New York thing. Philly. I don't you know. And then West Coast. Not enough weather. Not enough interesting cities to be honest. And um, uh, Chicago burned down at one point. You know, in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, it right. burned to the ground, except for two buildings which are still there. And so there's kind of like this weird karmic thing about Chicago and the Chicago Fire Department. Um, so just and practically I had lived there and it's just beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, it's a city that has, you know, lakes, rivers, bridges, high rise, uptown, downtown. I mean, it has its problems too, which kind of ended up working under our favor. I don't mean that. Um, well, in a television sense, like right. if, if there isn't problems, then you don't really have a TV show. You have a soap opera. Well, I mean, we kind of did. I mean, it's let's be honest. Like every show is still kind of a soap opera. You know, it's you're telling the same kinds of stories, Um, but it uh, it provided for the ability to. All right, we're going to shoot every frame in the city, and and finally there was a show that didn't look like Vancouver. You know, which was right. That's the double for every city there is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like when did Washington D.C. get all those pine trees? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, but it, so we shot every frame there we always have and um great crew great setup and then you just because we are a firefighter show the first one you just let the weather be the weather i think in in six years we've missed less than five days of shooting because of weather i mean there were not, you know days 20 below and we're out there shooting in chicago yeah, yeah. those winters are brutal in yeah, chicago brutal but i mean i think the crew might tell you the summers are worse especially the actors who are in the gear yeah and then you're sitting in a gear and then you're the truck is it's just a tin can you know so that is that is tough too so but there's a richness to the show be just because we're there and we just embrace it and the city embraces us and we you know they, they close roads for us and we've shot i last year i directed the finale and um Got to shoot in Wrigley Field on the field. Uh, the dream. <laughs> the day the Cubs got their rings, we shot that morning, and I had, I had Chris Bryant and Jake Arrieta on the show. So no way. Yeah, we just had a storyline to shoot down there, and so that was pretty awesome. Yeah, to, to be on, on the field shooting there. Yeah. yeah, and that was my. And then I left the show after the last season, so that was my goodbye. It was that. So that was the perfect way to go out. And, but you're still on it, obviously. I'm like, on it. I'm still the creator, creator and executive and, producer, but not day to day anymore. Yeah, I, how how long were you day to day on that show? It was five, well, five years, and then Whew. my partner and I and, our, and another guy that we brought in, the three of us were the showrunners on Chicago Fire and Chicago PD. So that was twenty two to twenty four episodes a year, and then you didn't. So you didn't sleep for about five years. Uh, well, I mean, the the the, the crews were great, the, but the plan was not to do that. The plan was to write the fifty <laughs> yeah, pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and never go is away. the plan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then five years passed. They kept saying yes. Yeah, and it was. Um, uh, we wrote the pilot. They really liked it. Hired to direct this director Jeffrey Nachmanoff, who I love, and um, Derek and I went to France to produce this movie that we'd written. And then that fell apart at the last second. We kind of had nothing to do. And our agent said, you know, they can, if you want, you can go to Chicago and produce the pilot and be involved. 
And he said, and they have to pay, they pay you. Like there's a number that in the contract that if you do that, they're like, wait, they're going to pay us to go to Chicago for three weeks in the spring and <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. And, but then we, we, it, we realized we loved it. Like, you know, and then there was, we were with Dick, you know, all of the three of us casting the show, Jesse Spencer, Taylor Kinney, you know, the guys, yep. the girls who, and Monica Raymond, who all became the, the leads. And so that was, that felt like a family kind of thing. And and you guys know, there's first responder military guys, like representing and playing those kinds of characters as an actor, there's a, the bar is, is raised. Like yeah. the challenge is put in front of you to, um, all of our extras were always real firefighters and they were all, you know, guys would bring their yeah, own I've gear. Got a, I got a prior tech piece student that worked on Chicago fire uh, oh, really? for a while. Yeah. Cause he was a firefighter up there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're, and they're highly critical too of, yeah. of yeah. the shows. Oh, they'll mean, pick it apart. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Jared could tell you like he'll, he, <laughs> before we did uh range 15, like he'll sit down we watched a bunch of military movies together. He picked apart every, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I was like, Oh man. Yeah. And like some of the movies that we probably loved, um, like Hurt Locker. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was like, it's, it's, it's the most hated movie in the military. In the really. military, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. it's just so, it's garbage. Like, Yeah, not even close. Like, well, it's, it's like. And it won Best it's Picture, so keep fabric- in mind. <laughs> it's so fabricated. The situations like yeah. that this guy is doing is just so, it's like, what? He's running off base with a pistol in his jeans at night in Baghdad. Like. No, that's how you get your head cut off. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm sure you hear it from first responders well, there was who a, watch the show. Yeah, there was a big uh, before the show came out, and when NBC put their first marketing out, which was we were not a part of, and I saw the first images, and it was just the guys with their shirts off and oiled up, you know, like oh you no, know. yeah, and the girls, you know, looked hot too, and it was like that is so not what we're doing, right. You know, oh, we're our guys are training. Like our guys are doing was Sophia the real Bush stuff. In that one? No, Sophia was on PD. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Because I remember her slow turns in those commercials too. It was just like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, in, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, NBC no. for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number one network. They were number four when we got there, and now they're number one. Good, so. good for them. Um, I like to, I like to see all of them succeed. I don't want to see this whole thing crater. Right. So I'm, I'm happy for that. that right. That's, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But, um, with our guys trained a lot, and and they did everything real, and there was. Uh, I was gonna say that, but the the real firefighters come as extras, and they they come off a twenty four hour shift, mm-hmm. and here then they come to set with their gear. They're making like a hundred and seven dollars <laughs> or whatever an extra makes on the day, and um, but there's and they stand out there in the sun or the cold or whatever, and we have them because they're a thousand feet in the background. Okay, do it again, and they got to pull the re pull the hose off the truck after the pull up, and then they got to <laughs> put it back and do it again. And we don't want to be waiting for them, and they're all you know tired of shit. And then when an actor would bitch, or that that didn't happen very often, but they would get a little persnickety or whatever, you'd just point over to those guys and be like, yeah, you really, you want to complain about exactly. your call yeah. time this morning? Yeah. Yeah. I know we had to get you 10 minutes earlier than usual, but it's because it's fucking snowing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. And those guys haven't slept in 48 hours. Yeah, they, not, they, they were on 24-hour so. shift last night. Yeah. 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 We didn't have to say that often because our, our lead tech advisor was... I mean, generally thought of as the baddest man in Chicago and, and his best friend was commissioner and he only didn't do it because once you're commissioner, you can't be a firefighter anymore. I mean, you're not on the street anymore. So um, he was on set every day and to to look him in the eye and and, and be an asshole. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and I think he he is very well known around the country. He's taught a lot. And so he did get us a lot of cred. We were all a little nervous when those images came out and everybody's greased up and it's like, 
it looks like you know a fire porn kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I know the gay community. There was a lot of cheers, a lot of cheers. For Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when they were looking we got, at shirtless dudes with axes, yeah, and it was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Gaga's boyfriend at the time, that, exactly, yeah. and that's yeah. what they they associated with. It was like, all right, let's check out how hot yeah. Lady Gaga's boyfriend is. Yeah, yeah, he's hot. <laughs> he's, he's great. He's great. But um, so the, when the show did come out, though, and I think every firefighter that I talked to and that I got feedback from from our guys kind of watched it through their fingers like how fucking bad is this going to be and then we got a lot of good feedback because our guy wouldn't let us do things i mean you push the envelope sometimes on on a story the story and and you're like all right maybe i mean truthfully every fire is you're blind i mean you can't they can't see anything ever so we and we can't do that you know we have to have we have to see something right oh yeah after we did ours like uh I, I explained to a lot of my buddies like where you have to just give up for film like and not like sorry making it real would have made it super boring and yeah yeah it would have taken way too long and it really didn't matter yeah because there's, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's elements to all these stories where it's like great you still have to make it exciting for for the audience but you know right. you got to bend the rules a little bit right. according to what's protocol on some of these things you know military right. first responders and it's like if you, yeah because you're right if you're shooting a real fire show can't see anything in can't front of your see. face. A black screen is not going to get it done, right. you know? And you spend most of your time sweeping up glass and, you know, the, the, <laughs> the shit after, pulling yeah. down walls. But so we got to this thing. I got to a place with our, with, um, our tech advisor of, okay, I need the answer to be yes. So <laughs> is it possible for, you know, two characters to be caught in a flashover, mm-hmm. but one of them doesn't have their mask on. You know, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Because that's the drama. Yeah. yeah. And he, but you want to see their face. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and I would need to see their face. Yeah. And he'd be like, yes, that's possible. But, but then, then we'd find, but, a, then build the situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can they at least put, pull a piece of uh, drywall over them? You know, so, so the real firefighters like, okay, I guess with a piece of drywall on them, they could survive five seconds or, or 30 seconds in that heat versus yeah. just going like that. So Damn, we got to get you out of here. And yeah. that's about, yeah, yeah. oh, you're going to get out of there. Where's that, the right? drywall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of drywall on the show. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, Chicago for a minute and then grew up in Kansas City. And uh, I, But I see Wisconsin on here. Did you go to? I was born, born in Madison. Okay. Did you end up going to school there? No, I went to school in Baylor. Uh, at Baylor, you went to college at Baylor? Yeah, in Texas. How, how'd you like that? Uh, that was a fun time. Uh, not as, it wasn't as fun when I were there as it was like five years ago when they all, I mean, when the, all the football players yeah. got to, Yeah, yeah that's because that's all I read. And I'm like, yeah. man, Baylor fucking yeah. rages. I got born too early. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you guys have always had a pretty good basketball team, football team. Yeah, except for the murder part of the basketball thing where oh, one player killed another right. player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that old pesky murder at college. See, and all these good Christian Baptist kids, <laughs> how, how they act. That's all, because yeah. it's Waco. There's something in the water down there. Oh, you know this. It's true. It's it's yeah. it's it's a weird, weird town, Waco. Uh, it's very weird. I'm going to say a series of facts that I, I'm not sure are true, but I've heard this, which is that Waco and Jerusalem carry some latitudinal something latitude and longitude like something like yeah. that i think the latitude goes that way right so I, and then um uh it's on a river it's i mean i've seen the clan march down the middle of waco in the, in the street there uh, you had the david koresh thing which i big fan of koresh he was great yeah. i was uh, peripherally a part of that whole thing believe it or not i was in school when that happened i was in grad school you're kidding no and the wow. did you guys drive there at all and go and see it i've you know, driven you know, by that, it that special's on right now on, oh yeah uh, yeah paramount channel the the reporter 
in my old days, I wanted to be in television and do broadcasting. And so uh, the reporter who was standing outside, if I don't know if you remember the story, but the before the raid, the, it was on the scanners that they were going to raid, the police yeah. scanners. And a reporter for the CBS affiliate there heard it. And so he just went and he was just stand, he was parked there and he beat everybody. <laughs> and so he's out by the mailbox on the dirt road. And, you know, the, the, the compound's like a half mile down. Yeah. And while he's parked there, some Davidians drive by and drive in. They're like, why the fuck is there a guy standing out here? And they went and told Koresh. And that's they were able to kind of fortify themselves before the raid happened. Because of that one reporter? Because that reporter, yeah. Um, yeah, that, I, I worked with that reporter. So, Oh, I, really? Yes, and then the guy who... There's, there's, Does he feel guilty or does he feel... Uh, he's not with us anymore. No, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he perished yeah. along with everyone else and he's not with yeah. us anymore. He... Uh, then there's a video production place there called Asbell's. And Billy Asbell owned this place. And I used to like shoot weddings and there were no bar mitzvahs. There was weddings and other you know things in Waco. And uh, Billy had three sons, Billy Ray, Billy, Billy Chuck, Billy Ray, and Billy something. I forgot the third one. No uh, shit. And he's then, consistent. Yeah, nothing so he had, else. He had a video production company, but then he sold guns out of the back. And he's the guy who got, would get all the guns for... Correction. For, for correction, those yeah, guys. So I, I, I had like a double. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Uh, a lot of goodness so you going start, It, it is there. a weird town. It's yeah. a very strange town. You started doing production just wedding-wise, like holding the camera? I did. I did. My, first, my first time ever, my first set ever, and it's probably the happiest I've ever been, was um, I was back in Kansas City for a summer. Got a, I got an internship. Got a call. Hey, can you work on this grocery store commercial tomorrow morning? I'm like, Dude, I'm in show business, right? I'm, yeah, I go there. You made it. <laughs> it's it's a, a small crew. It's just like one small grip truck, you know, with the equipment on it. It's a camera guy. It's a director, and it's a producer, and it's me. And the and the camera guy slash grip slash gaffer slash everybody says, "Hey, Mike, can you run out to the the grip truck and get me a C stand and a shiny board?" I'm like, "Yeah, run out there." No, I don't even know what they are, right? right. So, <laughs> shiny board, I figured out. That's the easy one, yeah. yeah. The C stand is not what it sounds like, <laughs> no. looks like. Nope. At no. no point, yeah, yeah. And then thankfully, I figured out that they're labeled. On, you know, the, so I, I get one of those. Go back in. He's like, "Grit, just put that over there and just and just shine the light over here." I'm like, just okay, bounce no it over here, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to open a C stand, but it's tough. It's like that's like you do this dance, and you got to hold. If you don't hold, <laughs> hold it down right, yeah. you do circles with it. You walk, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you dance with it. So I did that for a while. Two days ago, uh, Jared <laughs> helped me out with that. And I was like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and leave this to you. Was there a C stand involved? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, bro, you're. I I, I mean, it, it looked like Mary Poppins trying to open a, an umbrella or something. Like I was above my head at one point, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> oh, you had it upside down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I was doing. And I'm like, that's that's why I direct. I don't even bother with. Yeah, like, hey, yeah, just yeah. put that put yeah. that over there, please. Um. <laughs> so I do the dance. I get the, I get the thing up. He's like, shine a little light over here. I do that, and the gag was the commercial was there was a cow coming through the a real cow coming through the checkout line. that was buying milk or eggs or whatever, or whatever the joke was, you know. But there was we had a real cow there, and there was a cow handler, and uh, he's like, okay, bounce a light right here, and so I I'm bouncing light. Off a cow's ass. Yes. My first job yes. was filling the light on the cow's ass. The camera was over there. And I was like, I have never been happier. I love, that was my start. 
I fucking love being on a set. That cow could go crazy. But I still remember how well I rimmed the cow's ass with the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we finished the day, and uh, I'm, ready, I'm going home because I didn't realize that they take you out for dinner or food afterwards. Right, right. And so, like, you're coming to eat, right? I'm like, oh, there's food involved here? He's like, dude, that's why we're all in, on the job is there's free food all the time yeah. everywhere. So we go to Applebee's. And I just kill it at Applebee's. And again, like fajitas. That was, Did I you go still, fajitas at Applebee's? Because yeah. you like to hear the sizzle. <laughs> the sizzle used to embarrass me. I didn't like it coming at me. And like everybody's looking at me. Everybody's embarrassed at first, and then I welcome it like a king. Where it's like, yes, those are my fajitas. <laughs> everyone, because everyone stops in the restaurant and looks at that <laughs> did, one fajita. Did you, you're the guy who liked the happy birthday thing when they came clapping over. Oh right, yeah, yeah, I, I expect it. it. Yeah. And if I didn't get it, it yeah. was like manager. That's Bring funny. them all out. Line them up. Let's go by height and down, and then let's let's hear a little an octave higher, maybe, because that's how I'm feeling today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my first day, and ever since then, um, uh, see, here we are. But that's yeah, incredible. When did the writing start? Um, I went to. I started as an editor. I went to. I went to grad school at Baylor. They have, they were like in, really in the new technologies, and so at that point, they were already. Like they were, we were running the HD equipment at for Sony at NAB, and like they were really into this technologies, and and um, this new technology was coming out, which was kind of computer-based non-linear editing. I mean, the Avid was just kind of, was we had one of the first Avids at Baylor, um, and so I kind of threw myself into the editing world because my mentor teacher guy said, "You want to write and direct, learn how to edit, because if you know how to do that, you can fix a, you can move to LA and you can get a job. Yep, because you have a real skill. Yeah." Right. I mean, what's a producer? What's a director? You know, what's a writer? It's a guy who's the title. If you to be an editor, you have to know how to run the equipment. Yes. To, you know, to be a camera operator, you got to know how to run the. They are grossly of underpaid, by the way, as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Crazy. It's one of the most important jobs. It, on and all can of change everything. Yeah. Change yeah. everything. And and I mean, I moved to LA. Was editing my first feature simply because I knew how to turn an Avid on in within a week. And it was a low budget thing. <laughs> That's crazy. And within a year, I was. Uh, uh, I mean, I had some. Don't, don't get me wrong. I had some down. I had some. There were some a lot of downtimes. That's your yeah. first. But that was like the first IMAX that came out. The first IMAX. Yeah, the giant colored ones. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. They were the only ones that could run an they avid, could... av- avid stuff. Yeah. yeah. The um, that first editing job was uh, the guy who'd written and directed Purple Rain and Stop. You know it's my that's my time favorite movie. Really, Albert oh. Magnoli. I got a million. I have a million Purple Rain stories for you. I want. Please, yeah, please do. Because I, oh. I, I, I've had a, this crazy elaborate Prince story where where I've told it on the show before. Um, I, I love I love Prince. By the way, I think he's hilarious. Like equally hilarious in on it, and he's a, to me he was always the guy that like I think he was doing all that shit on purpose. The, just the pure craziness. Yes, shit you just and, the, and the pure just to, because I'm Prince. He reminds me of Bill Murray in that sense of like, I don't know if you heard the stories about Bill Murray. He'll walk up to people on the street from behind, cup their eyes, and then they'll turn around and I'll go, they'll never believe you that this just happened and walk <laughs> away. So there's there's a bunch of those stories. And I, I think Prince is the same way where he was self-aware enough to be like, uh-huh. cool, let's just do some weird shit because I'm Prince. Because I'm Prince. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The, uh, um, this movie was, there were five producers on it. Four were named Joe. <laughs> they were all from Jersey. They were like the Billies. There was one Joe who one was Joe um, uh, Pesci, 
Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's, but he wasn't there. I never saw him. I just, he, they were probably all from Was that your right. first lesson of like, oh, all the producers that are on this, this call sheet, I'll never meet half of them. It, yes. Uh, it gets worse because one of them didn't make it to the end. He, the guy. Passed away? Yes. Under, oh, my God. Uh, the guy, uh, my first editing job, by the way. So, the, so they'd done a cut of the movie. It didn't work. They fired the director. They fired the editor. They brought in Albert. Somehow I get bring in a, brought in as the editor. So Albert and I, they, and they've rented Charo's house. Coochie Coochie Charo. Really? Yeah. So welcome to LA. This is my first job. I drive to Beverly Hills. I pull into Charo's driveway and the Avid is set up in Charo's bedroom. Oh, God. How, how do you explain that to one friend and I, anybody believe you at I that call point? my Kansas City guys, you know, who I used to work for. And they're like, really? And then lunch, lunch comes. And I say to Albert, like, uh, you know, what's the deal with food around here? Like, they're going to bring a spread in, right? He's like, oh, no, we drive, we drive down to the Roach Coach. There's one that, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm at Charo's bedroom, and I got to go get my own burrito <laughs> from the Roach Coach? And, and so, uh, anyway, so we, we, they, he reshoots some scenes. We cut him, we put the movie together. It's terrible. It's just, it doesn't work. <laughs> what's the name of this movie, it's by called, the way? Um, it's called, I'll think of it in a second. It's, uh, it was... It's it probably something so I bad. love. It was a retelling. Did it make IMDb? Yeah, it is. It is on because I've done some movies that are so bad that it just they're not. I even think on I'm there. on there as a as an editor. Um, it it or maybe I didn't. No, I think I didn't. The I think Searcher. The, no. The Real original, stories of the Donut Men. Not that. That, that. Conversations in Limbo. Yeah. No, those are it. Didn't, that's right. The original editor. Had oh, we got look. You, we got look. God said ha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Full tilt boogie. The faculty. Um, and then. You edited the faculty? Malevolence. Yes. Um, I didn't, but I, I keep getting caught up in the plot, which was a reimagining. Remember, these four Joes from Jersey. Yeah. A reimagining of the assassination of MLK, um, putting. Who's the guy who shot him? Who shot, which was. Oh, uh, fuck. It's not John Lee Hinckley. It's um, James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray in the position of the good guy. Ah, gotcha. He didn't mean to do it. And that is is that based on belief or based? I think it's based on, on racism. Okay, <laughs> they were fully they made a they made a feature film where they were trying to say that James Earl Ray was set up by the CIA and he didn't. Well, you know really that's the popular it. theory, of right? This. We yeah. made a movie about it. Yeah, it oh, you did. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we do the cast and crew screening, which is a disaster. I mean, you know it's bad when the grips are leaving early. You know, it's just, <laughs> God love the grips. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, they didn't stay for the beer in the cooler in the back. You know, it was bad. Next morning, go in, uh, pull into Charles' driveway, go in. Albert's in there. He's packing his bag. I go, what's going on? He goes, um, you should leave. I go, what? He goes, Joe Cortese, Joe Cortez, Cortese, um, died last night of a heart attack. He, and he was the main Joe of the four who wanted to get into Hollywood. And this was the movie was his baby. He's the only of the Joes I ever spent any time with. Right. Died of a heart attack after the cast and crew screening of which they had just spent $8 million on. Oh the movie. my God. And I said, was well, it Joe's own money? Uh, it was all the other guys money. Okay. And the laundromats back East, you know, yeah, 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 of course. Of and, um, <laughs> so yeah. he said, he goes, do they owe you money? I go, yeah, they owe me like for a week and a half or whatever. He goes, like, forget it. Just leave. And so I did it. We left. And so my first job in Hollywood, I got a producer killed. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> so after that, I mean, what, what, what's that like when you go home, uh, after that you're editing a movie in Charles bedroom, the producer dies, you know, yeah. the money's probably illegal coming from somebody else. Yeah. And he was murdered too. I mean, there's that. Yeah. Right. 
So, <laughs> what's your thought? Like, hey, maybe I should pack pack it up and head back to my no, my thought is I hope Albert gets another job because you really hit it off, and I'd like to go. You know, <laughs> He's got the best print stories of anybody. Yeah, well, yeah, I bet. Yes, yeah. I bet. Yeah. So, so what was your first big break then out here? Was it Too Fast, Too Furious? That, well, that was it. Uh, the first big break um, on the writing sense was so I worked a lot what, of those movies. What kicked you into the writing? Well, like from there. I just in grad school I was writing, yeah, uh, but not that well. And then I moved here and I was going to work as an editor. I was going to keep writing, and I just got fell into this group. And it's funny, the, the street right across here, um, there's a house, a purple house up the, up the block here. And it was owned by a woman named Ronna Joy Glickman who produced these movies that you just, God said, uh, Real Stories of the Donut Man, right. um, Full Tilt Boogie. And I got brought into that group, which was peripherally affiliated with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Um, her partner was Elizabeth Rodriguez, who was Robert's wife at the time. And then Robert and I got to know each other because I edited this movie, Real Stories of the Donut Men, which is very low budget, shot super 16 black and white and very weird. Um, but Robert and I got to know each other a little bit. And then he asked me if I would come to Austin and basically spend a year with him and be his assistant editor on the faculty. Really? Because he, he edits himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did. And um, well, Did he have that airport, that airport hangar at the time? Or? No, okay. no. We were in his garage. Really? The, the Avid was in his garage. Yeah, Shit. I mean it was a big garage, but it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. carpeted, you know. <laughs> and we, um, so I spent almost a year there. And while I was there, my partner and I had been shooting a script called The Courier back and forth. And um, everybody who read it liked it. And I never said I never even mentioned to Robert that I was a writer director. He just knew me as the editor guy, and we had a great relationship. And I drove out to his house every day, and it was all great. And he. Um, I gave the script to our post-production supervisor, this is towards the end of the movie, who gave it to a woman she knew who gave it to Brad, her producing partner. And then I get a phone call, I'm sitting in Robert's garage, and I get a phone call, and they say, hi, I'm, this, I'm Kerry Brokaw, I'm this fancy Hollywood producer. Um, it didn't end well with him, but he said, I love the script, and I'm curious, would you rather have Brad Pitt or George Clooney in the lead? Oh, boy. I'm sitting in Robert's garage, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can't. And I'm like, that is great, Brad Pitt. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And within 10 days, Brad Pitt was attached to play the courier. You're kidding. Holy yeah. shit. And so at that point, 